Of all the messages um, this week at camp, I believe that tonight is the most important. They're all important, but tonight um, is the most important for you to grasp and get a hold of. We started off Sunday night discussing our theme about for reals or for reals. Are we living life and making decisions for the attention and the following of others? And thus not being our true, authentic selves? Or are we for real with how God designed us? And we talked about this idea that before we can be real with each other, we first have to get real before God. Right? And so we all unmasked and said, okay, God, here I am. Imperfect with all my flaws, all my hangups. And we've been trying to walk that out. And this morning we discussed how to spend time with God. What does that look like? What do I do? Where do I start? How does God even speak to us? But tonight we are talking about the elephants in the room. And, and this is a topic that you won't hear many messages on. It's a topic that most don't like to discuss but need to. Um, it, it's a topic that the more I walk with Jesus the more I love learning and exploring this idea. I've been a Christian for 33 years. I've been in church my entire life. That's 41 years. And I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've heard a sermon or a message on this topic. Can anyone guess what the topic is? Anyone want to take a wild stab at it? Sin. Sin. Most of the time when you go to church, you get the feel-good messages, right? How to be a better you. How to live a life that's blessed by God, right? How to be a better friend. And, and none of those things in and of themselves are wrong, okay? Um, but tonight we're going to talk about sin. All right, we're going to do a quick survey. Remember the rule is be authentic because we're all unmasked and being authentic okay so how many of us have said at least one of the following in the last six months at least i'm not killing someone it's not a big deal everyone is doing it god will forgive me show of hands if you've said one of those things or something close to it and okay 100 percent participation all right so there are many other clues that this is exactly the issue we need to discuss. Scripture is clear all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It is chock full about warnings about sin. As a matter of fact, if we were to pull out every single verse in Scripture that warns us about the dangers of sin, we would easily be here for two plus hours tonight. Okay, we're not going to do that tonight. I'm going to highlight some key ones but we have to first start with this. What is sin? Sin is anything we do that God says not to do. So, for example, thou shall not murder if you go kill someone tonight. Is that a sin? Yes or no? Okay. We also kill people every day with our words. Think about that. If... Okay, how many of you believe that every single human on the planet was created in the image of God and by God for a purpose? That's all of us in here. So what happens if you go and talk trash about someone? 
because they hurt your feelings or they offended you. You're shaming God's creation. Yeah, you're talking trash about God. You're shaming God's creation. Is that sin? But what's the first thing we want to do when that gets brought up? It's not a big deal. They talked about me first. At least I'm not killing someone, right? And how does God view sin? Are there levels of sin? No, it's equal. So gluttony is a sin. So if I go tonight and I eat 40 Oreo cookies, that is as wrong and as sinful as someone who goes and kills someone's life tonight in God's eyes. But we don't like to discuss that. Why? Why do you think we don't like to discuss that? Because we don't feel like it's equal. We don't feel like it's equal. Why else? Y'all are smart. Come on, give me some, give me some feedback. Because it'll make us feel guilty, right? And how many of us like feeling guilty? Nobody. Nobody. What we want is we want to feel better about ourselves, right? We want to feel like we're good, decent human beings. And so we minimize the poor choices that we make When in scripture, God says all sin is wrong and all sin separates you from me. So sin is anything we do that God says not to do. Again, if you are not reading God's word, how do you know what God asks you to do? Do you know? Not outside of someone telling you, right? You got rules at home. You got rules at school. Maybe you've got rules on the football team or the basketball team. But how exactly does God expect us to live our lives? We talked this morning about how the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart, soul, soul, strength, strength, and mind. mind. And the second greatest commandment is like it, to love Others. others. It forms the cross, right? I love God first, that's most important, and then I love others. Sin is also this. Sin is also anything that God tells us to do that we aren't doing. Here's an example. God says, honor your mother and father. When we are disrespectful to them, are we honoring them? When we are disobedient to them, are we honoring to them? So are we sinning? Yeah. And how many of us do that? Probably regularly. (laughs) Right? But again, what's the first reaction we have? It's not that big of a deal. Everyone's doing it. I'm just a teenager. My parents are just ridiculous. They don't get me, right? Does scripture say when your parents are perfect and they do everything the way that you want them to, to honor them? No. There's no conditional aspect tied to that, right? God just says, honor your mother and your father. So when we don't do that, we are sinning. God says to forgive those who do wrong to us. So anytime you and I choose not to forgive, are we sinning? Yes? No? Y'all with me? Stay with me. We're going somewhere, okay? And notice it doesn't say that when others apologize, we are to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is not conditional. So let me get this straight. Jesus can forgive you for all the things you've done, but you can't forgive one thing that someone else has done to you. 
How many of you are like, no, nah, that's not true? <laughs> we want to say that, but truth be told, isn't that how we live and act? Real talk. So God's grace and mercy and kindness and forgiveness is good enough for me, but it's not good enough for whoever hurt me. That's how we live. That is sinful. And here's the problem with sin. It's a slow slip down a slippery slope. Think about it. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Who's the youngest in here? How old are you? Eleven. When you were like eight years old, did anyone ever ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up? No? Does nobody ask that question anymore? Do any of you, Colton, you remember people asking you that? Yes. When you were that age, what, what was your answer? What did you want to be when you grew up? Huh? You don't know? Okay. Colton, what do you, or Clayton, what do you want to be when you grow up? A race car driver. A race car driver. All right. So when I was eight years old, here's what I wanted to be. You guys ready? But you can't guess. What? Ballerina dancer. Totally joking. That would have been awful. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry for the mental image you just had of me in the tutu. It's disturbing to me too. But when I was eight years old, I still remember there were four things that I wanted to be. I wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to be a police officer. And I wanted to be a comedian or a clown. And I wanted to be a zookeeper. Okay? Um, right now, I'm currently a teacher and a youth pastor. And I used to work at HEB as a security guard. So those three jobs combined, I feel like I've done all four of those things in a matter of a couple days. Okay? Uh, yes, I was the Paula Blar at HEB, and you would be amazed how many people steal beer and brisket. So, anyway, um, but what eight-year-old, most adults will ask a little kid trying to create a conversation, hey, little Johnny, what do you want to be when you grow up? What eight-year-old, what child do you know responds with the following? Oh, I want to be a drug addict. I want to be an alcoholic. I want to be in a gang. I want to live in a prison. I want to be a pedophile. Strong words, but let's talk about it. Do you think any kid has ever answered that question with those responses? So how does innocent eight-year-old Johnny who wants to grow up and be a firefighter end up a convict in prison for double homicide? It was a slow slip. It was a slow slip. And and why does that matter to us? Here's why. Every single one of us, we are not exempt from the sin that entices us and entangles us. And, And we don't look at it long enough. We don't wrestle with it. We want to talk about everyone else's sin, right? Oh, I can't believe Eva. I saw her flip off that lifeguard today because a lifeguard wouldn't let her go down a water slide. I thought she was a Christian. She is a youth pastor's wife. What kind of Christian? But how often do you talk about your sin? How often do you own it? Or is every time it's brought up, you excuse it? You defend it? You justify it? You're quick to dismiss it? Maybe your parents bring it up. Or you get busted at school for cheating or being disrespectful to a teacher or a coach. And our knee-jerk reaction, our immediate reaction most of the time is we're offended. 
we're offended. When our response should be, man, thank you, coach. Thank you, parents. Thank you, teacher, that you care enough about me that you would help me to grow as a person. Middle school and high school is awkward, right? You're like, body's changing, your hormones are changing, you're trying to figure out who you are, and adults are just weird and disconnected from life as we know it, right? And if only teenagers could rule the world, then everything would turn out, right? Do you know what would make it more awkward? There is actually something that would make it awkward. Do you know what that would be? If you are body trained. Think about it. Your parents actually loved you enough that when you were a baby and you and you wore the diaper and you got older, they potty trained you. So when you have to go to the bathroom, you know how to be responsible and go to the bathroom. Imagine being at camp this week and you're not potty trained. <laughs> that would be awful. And unfortunately, that is a reality for some because of medical conditions. But for most of us, we are fortunate enough to not deal with that. But have you ever been offended at your parents for potty training you? Oh, I can't believe you taught me how to use the toilet. Thanks a lot, Mom and Dad. You really I, messed me up on that one. I think somebody, somebody, they forgot. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. None of us are exempt from the dangers of sin. And guys, sin is a big deal. I know students who at your age told me to my face that they loved Jesus. They had pieces of scripture memorized. They came every week to our weekly Bible program. And you know where they're at today? They're in prison for double homicide. And don't think that you would never do that. All of us are capable of sin. At our core, we are selfish, sinful, wicked, evil, prideful people. That's why we need a God to come in and save us. That's why it matters that you're in the word every day. Because if you're not, you're gradually slipping. And you will end up far down a road you never meant to go. There's a saying that says sin takes you further than you want than you want to go. It costs you more than you want to pay. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. The Bible says that our hearts are desperately wicked. Not just wicked. Wicked would have been bad, right? Like someone should make a Hallmark greeting card line that has like scripture in it. Maybe I'll do this one day. That it's like. Happy birthday, and on the inside it says, P.S., your heart is desperately wicked. <laughs> Happy birthday, Eva, I still love you, you know? Uh, that would be, nobody would like a card like that. But that's what Scripture says about you and I. When was the last time you thought of yourself as desperately wicked? Anyone? No. But have you ever thought about someone else as being desperately wicked or evil? Yeah, probably, right? Because again... We spend our lives looking at everyone else, critiquing them and highlighting their failures and their faults, but without looking in the mirror and being honest with ourselves. And that's why you're in a dangerous position. That's why you're in a compromised position. That's why we're 
having this conversation tonight. Song of Solomon 2.15 says this, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Now this specific passage of scripture is within the context of a romantic relationship between two people. And it's pointing to the little things that can get in the way of good godly relationships. So this might be a good verse for Evan and Josh to study and make sure there's no foxes ruining their blooming vineyards, okay? But I also believe it applies to sin. I am not giving any of you dating advice. If you've got some for me, hit me up later at snack time, okay? But I think it represents tough crowd, man. I need a joke book. All right. I also think it correlates to sin. It's the thousands of choices every single day, the little things that eventually lead us into big, tri- into big trouble. And scripture is clear about that. We see things on Snapchat. I only saw a little bit. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal. We listen to trash music. It's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. It's feeding you because what you put in eventually comes out. You can never unsee something you've seen. And the more we participate with those things, it hardens our hearts. It It calluses our hearts. You know how adults always say video games are like bad for kids because it desensitizes you to violence? How many of you have ever heard an adult say that? Okay, how many of you think that's absolute hogwash? Anyone? Okay, ready? About to be real unpopular. They're absolutely right. The things you watch, the things you listen to, the things you look at, the things you participate in, will do one of two things. You ready? It will either help you to know and understand God the Father and his love for you better, or it will cause you to take one step back away from that. Imagine how you might grow as a child of God. Who are my music lovers in here? Any music junkies? Okay. How many hours a week do you think you listen to music? I listen to like two hours a day. Two hours a day. Let's go with that. Seven days in a week. So 14 hours of music a week. Imagine if for 14 hours of listening to music, 12 of those hours were nothing but Christian music. How would you grow in your faith? Strong. Strong. Right? How many hours a week do you guys think? Are you all on social media, TikTok, or Insta, or YouTube? It's YouTube. Okay. Let's let's group all of that together. How many hours a week, on average, do you think you spend doing those things? A week. A week. 13 hours a day? 13 hours a day? 13 hours a day? You must not sleep. My average daily was two hours and 30 minutes. Say? A day? What? Yeah. That, that sounds like, Okay, so listen. Listen. She said seven or eight hours a day. Let's let's go low. Let's say, hey, y'all listen. Let's say six hours a day on social media, YouTube, TikTok, all of that. Seven days a week. Six times seven is 42. So for 42 hours a week, you are watching and listening to something. What if just... <laughs> What, what if just half of that was spent listening or, or watching sermons about the word of God? 
How would you grow as a young person? Do you think you would grow? Yes. Yeah. Think of all the time that you're wasting watching stuff that doesn't matter. Because one day, all of us, we will stand face to face with Jesus. And you know what he's not going to care about? Oh, you've watched two million funny cat video reels on TikTok. Impressive. Come on in. Welcome home. That's pretty cool. Oh, you've got 50 different Snapchat streaks with the little fire emojis. Man, I only had 47. Come on in. Welcome. You're part of my club. That's a low number. Oh, you've got, you've got thousands of followers on Instagram. I only had 12 when I was on the earth. Get in here. Show me your tricks. Do you think Jesus cares about any of that? Do you think he cares how many song lyrics you have memorized? Do you think he cares how popular or trending you are? No. We will literally stand face to face with him one day. And you know what he's going to ask? Tara, how did you live the life I gave you? What did you do, Tara? With your time. What did you do with your choices? Tara, what did you do with your cell phone? What did you do with the grace and mercy and freedom and forgiveness I gave you? Tara, what did you do with the love that I gave you? That's what he cares about. thinking about that don't answer out loud I just want you to think about this in your head thinking about that conversation that will one day take place between you and Christ do you feel confident about how you are currently living your life how you spend your time choices you're making things you're looking at things you're listening to I'm going to read a couple scriptures 2 Peter 3 17 and 18 says this You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. Listen to this one. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We read, was it this morning or last night? It was this morning. That if the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes was who we were, that we didn't have the love of what in us? The love of the Father in us. Did you just catch that? It says, if we say that we have no sin, the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Are you making God a liar? Consider that. That's a strong word. First John three, four. Listen to this. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Remember two, five. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly 
and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5. We're just going to read a few verses. I hope if you guys are taking notes, you are writing this down. I don't know what's going on with Josh. Okay. Well, that's awkward. All right. I'm going to try to focus. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Listen to this. Josh, are you okay? Hey. Well, I don't you want this? want this in particular, but I think Mindy has some Pepto if you want it. Okay. All right. Focus on this. Eva, I hope you don't smell that. Okay. Listen, Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of God. Hey, you following? Don't miss this. Be imitators of God. Notice it doesn't say be imitators of famous people or your favorite athlete or some music star or someone trending on TikTok. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, or who is covetous that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. You think you're getting into heaven just because you go to church every Sunday? fat chance this scripture just said that let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience therefore do not become partners with them for at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Are you trying to discern what is pleasing to the Lord? Or do you live life your way? Because it's all about you. Is Jesus the God of your world and your life? Or are you your own God? It's all about you. It's all about me, myself, and I. Whatever keeps me happy. Whatever keeps me comfortable. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Almost done. Verse 16, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, 
but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So now we've acknowledged the elephant in the room, but the question is this, how do we get rid of it? How many of you struggle with the same sin over and over and over? You just can't get away from it. Okay, I'm about to drop a bomb on you guys that I wish when I was your age, someone would have told me, okay? Um, I, well, let me ask you this. Is it possible to be free from sin and its clutches? Or are we just going to always struggle and say, tell God we're sorry for the same thing over and over again? What do you think? How many of you think it's possible? Raise your hand. How many of you think, no, it's not possible because we're humans and we're always going to struggle? How many of us are just not sure and we don't want to answer? We want to play it safe. Where are my safe players? Yeah, in the middle, right? Okay, so check this out. Um, everyone say root. root. What do trees have? Roots. Why do the roots of the tree matter? Because they give some water. Gives them water. Supports it. Provides nutrients. Provides nutrients. It digs them into the ground, holds it down. Is it better if the roots are shallow or deep? Deep. Depends on where you are. Okay, depends where you are, but for the most part, deep. Okay? So listen. Your sin has a root issue. Your sin has a root issue. Your sin is an acting out on a part of your heart that is sick or hurting here's an example i used to struggle with impurity back in the day and my favorite place to repent is in the shower because i often cry and it's like when you're in the shower it's it's like you're not crying you know what i mean and so one day i prayed and i said god i am so tired of saying i'm sorry why do i keep struggling with this why do i keep going back to the same thing over and over again. What is the root issue, God? Show me. And you know what he did? He showed me. And you know what it was? Rejection. Anytime I felt rejected, I ran to where I would be accepted, and that was to guys. And we weren't talking about Jesus. So guess what? I repented, and I confessed my sins to God. And I prayed and I asked him to help me and I prayed that he would make it disgusting to me. And the next time I got rejected, guess what happened? Oh, I knew how to fight, right? Seriously, the dumb devil wasn't going to get me this time. So in that moment of rejection, instead of running back to that thing that never satisfied and always made things harder and worse, you know what I did? Put on worship music and I blared it and I got the word. And I texted friends like Eva, hey, what are you doing? You want to hang out? You want to go get some ice cream? And guess what? That thing broke off of me like that. Because I got to the root issue. There are two kinds of ways that you can pull weeds. 
you can just go out there and grab your hand or a weed eater and just buzz off the top. And you know what? That weed is gone. Temporarily. But will that weed come back? Yes. Why? Because you didn't pull the roots out. You didn't pull the roots out. Guys, it's the same thing with the sin in our lives. What good is it to confess and repent if we're not dealing with the root issue? And whatever your sin flavor is, there's a root issue. There's a root issue. And um, you have to get to the root issue. Sin should be absolutely disgusting to us. It should be disgusting to us. Do you think sin is disgusting to God? Yes. Yeah. So check this out. I'm going to ask Eva to read a verse for us. Eva, if you wouldn't mind. Um, And I want her to read it twice through. Okay. And then we are going to discuss it. Okay. So here we go. We're almost done. All right. Eva, Psalm 20 or Proverbs 26, 11. This is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. She's going to read it twice. Like a dog that returned to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Anyone here like vomit? That was funny. Vomit is what? Vomit is what? Hey, listen. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Give me some words that describe what vomit is. Throw it out there. Nasty, gross, disgusting. How about chunky? How about liquidy? Okay, listen. Hey, listen. Listen, I'm done after this. Don't miss this. Y'all turn around and watch. I can't. I'm going to throw all the fucking around. All right, listen. Hey, seriously. Now listen, we are going somewhere with this. Please don't miss this. Like a dog who returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Let me ask you guys this. Garrett, I'm just holding it right now. What do you think it means when it says a fool who repeats his folly? Like person who keeps coming back to do the same thing over and over. Yeah, person who keeps sinning, the person who keeps coming back to do the same thing over and over. How many of you could honestly say that you fit in that category, I'm a fool who repeats his or her folly? All of us, Right. Do all of you in here have at least one sin that you struggle with that you can't seem to get away from? And you might have more than one, okay? Newsflash. You are not alone. That's adults too, right, Eva? Okay? But again, you've got to get to the root issue. Until you deal with the root issue, you're going to keep returning to that sin. Now, you guys so far have proven to be incredibly smart. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm curious if anyone knows the answer to this. Okay? Does anyone know? How many of you have dogs? Okay? How many of you 
have heard or watched your dog throw up before? Okay. All right. Listen. Does anyone know why dogs eat their own vomit? Protein. What'd you say? Protein. What do you mean by protein? Like it's good for me. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that, but but hey, you're close. Anyone else want to jump on to that? Waste. They don't want to waste. Uh, they don't want to waste nutrients. Clayton, what do you think it is? Why do dogs eat their vomit? Because it tastes good. Okay, because it tastes good. Okay, listen to this. All right, listen. Where? Thank you. Oh, hey, listen, I, guys. I'm done after this. That's straight from God's word. It's one of my favorite verses. I think of it often. And I'll be honest, there has been a night or two when I was in bed, and it's three in the morning, and I'm literally so exhausted. And my dog will throw up And instead of getting up to clean it up and get him outside, I will lay there and pretend as if I'm asleep because I'm so tired that I don't care. That's pretty pathetic. I don't know if you've ever been that tired before. Okay? But you know what the reality is? Some of us in here tonight, we are so tired of life and its demands and the pressure that we feel and the temptations that we face and the crazy schedule and the go, 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 go and trying to figure out this new normal post-pandemic with COVID where everything is a hot mess. Some of us are so tired from that that we don't care about our own sin. Can anyone relate to that? Bold enough to say, yeah, that's me. But you know what's interesting to me is don't we still care about other people's sin? Like, aren't we still looking at other people and the mistakes they make and talking about it? Anyone? I'm not the only one, am I? No. So, so let me get this straight. We're so tired of life. We're so overwhelmed that we no longer give a flying rip about our own sin. But that exhaustion from life hasn't stopped us from talking about everyone else's sin. What does that say about us? Anyone bold enough to say it? Hypocrites. Hypocrites? What? Did, sorry. Huh? Sorry individuals. Sorry individuals. What else does it say about us? Selfish. We're selfish. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. Prideful. Ignorant. Foolish. Ignorant. And you know what that says about you and I? And look, I'm putting myself in that camp with you. 
I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you. Okay? I don't sit up here because I'm perfect and have it together. I don't. I'm no different than you. You're just way cooler than me. You know what that says about you and I? If we were to put that in a picture... Uh uh-uh. uh, look, listen, look and listen. You think I like eating this? I'm trying to make a point for you guys because that's how much this matters. This is what you look like. If that's truly you and your attitude, you're no better than a dog eating his own vomit. Now, I'm about to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. I did that to prove a point to you guys. It was disgusting. But this is how bad I want you guys to get this. Because I've literally watched people. I've literally watched friends of mine completely shipwreck their lives. Because they didn't have a grip or an understanding. Or the humility to admit that they had an issue with a particular sin. And they didn't get help. And it destroyed their lives. And it destroyed the lives of others around them. And I am trying to spare you from that. Dogs return to their vomit because they smell with the nose the food that's in their vomit. They don't smell the vomit, they smell the food. So they're trying to fill a need that they have By going and eating their own vomit. When you and I sin, name your flavor, whatever it is. We are trying to fill a need that we have. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Hope you are, because I've got chunks in my mouth right now. It's, it's the, listen, I know, but listen. This is how serious this is, guys. This isn't my advice. This isn't my words. This is straight from the word of God. It's a big deal. And sin will destroy you. And sin will shipwreck your life unless you're humble enough to get real about it. And say, yeah, I've got a problem. And I need help. Dogs return to their vomit and eat it because they smell the food because they're trying to fulfill a need. You and I sin because we have a need inside of us for something. And we're trying to fill it. But does sin ever satisfy? Has sin ever solved your problems? Has sin ever given you a joy that lasted forever? No. No. What does sin do? It makes things harder. It makes things worse. It breaks you down. It separates you from the one holy God who loves you and just wants a relationship with you. So the question tonight is this. What is your root issue? Okay. What is your habitual sin? 
What is the thing that you can't get over? What is the thing that you can't escape from? Consider that. And you have a choice tonight. You can be a dog. Like Proverbs 26.11 says. That returns to its own vomit. Or you can be an overcomer. That issue I struggled with years ago. I struggled with it for over 10 years. And you know what? Completely free from it. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention, that I'm not guarded, right? But it no longer has me bound. I'm no longer in the grips of it because I dealt with it. And dealing with our sin, the first step is getting honest about it and not downplaying it, not making excuses, not justifying it, not saying, well, everyone's doing it, not saying, well, it's not a big deal, not saying, well, God will forgive me anyway. It's calling it for what it is. And it's praying and begging God to make it disgusting to us. So the choice tonight is yours. Do you want to be a dog? Or do you want the freedom that Christ paid for? I really want you guys to consider that tonight. I'm going to close in prayer and pray a song. And then I want you guys to think about that tonight. And then be prepared tomorrow morning to give me an answer. But again, I want an honest answer. If you don't mean it in your heart of hearts, it does no good to say it. And I respect that. I will never force any of you to do anything. It's your choice. It's your life to live. But consider it. Consider it, okay? Let me close in prayer, and then I'm going to close with a song. And I don't want you guys to move. I don't want you to talk. I just want you to listen to the words of this song and consider and listen for what God might be saying to you in these closing moments, okay? God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. God, I pray that your spirit would speak to each one here tonight. God, that you would highlight for us those sins that we love and that we cling to. God, show us. God, just as you did for me that day in the shower, God, show each one of us the root issue, God. Why do we keep doing the thing we don't want to do? God, I thank you that there is forgiveness, that there is grace, that there is mercy, that there is cleansing, that there is healing, that there is forgiveness. God, give us courage and humility to be honest with ourselves tonight. But God, to not stop there, I pray that you would help us to be honest before you. In Jesus' name, amen.